0: hello and welcome to the comedian's paradise yes that is the lovely gorgeous name like a tropical place in i don't know in hawaii but this is it the comedian's paradise where we talk to the most scrumptious tasty invigorating comedians from across the globe you know not just famous comedians but comedians with fascinating intriguing stories that will astound us like oh my god an amazing movie that we have to see in the cinema they've got so many stories to tell to chase comedy on our own terms now the next guest is she is fit no (laughs) she is (laughs) awesome she is chill um she has so many different layers of personality and intriguing stories to tell please welcome danny johns
1: you just introduce me she's fit
0: <laughs> i you know when i had that i thought the first i thought it was funny when i said it but then the, the, the bit of me hesitated a bit hold on there if i say it or come across the wrong way but then the other part of me thought i don't give a shit. i i'll give it i'll say it anyway i'll take it
1: as a
0: compliment thank you <laughs> yes of course you are yes yes oh, take it. how are you
1: anyway how's things i'm
0: good <laughs> Were, nice were you expected me to say say that no <laughs> right. oh,
1: sorry it's always good to start a podcast by but your guests to the door but
0: i was I, I was worried that maybe someone would you take it on with us. How could you say that? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't know. Never mind.
1: It's fine. Obviously, you meant athletically. You know, I can get up a flight of stairs very quickly, so you were correct. There you yes, I yes, that. that's
0: why. Yeah. <laughs> but the other term's good as well.
1: Yeah, I'll take either one.
0: Now, hello, Danny Johns. Like, te- like, thank you for coming to the podcast. Like, tell us a bit about yourself, and like, for anyone that's listening here, like, I want to find out about this fit lady tell us a bit about how you became a comedian and like what what was it maybe in the childhood youth that made you become a funny person
1: oh my goodness that's so many things um okay so hello listeners uh yeah my name is Diane Johns I am a comedian uh I'm based in Bristol and I do comedy kind of everywhere but I run a couple of nights in Bristol uh, mostly at Smoke and Mirrors which is my favorite venue uh, where i do like a new material night like, on a monday which is really fun because we always have a pro headliner trying some new stuff and like some newer acts um the first half and i also run a gong show which is so much fun so basically everyone gets like five minutes to impress the audience and if they don't i hit the gong and they've got to piss off <laughs> oh sorry i should have checked if i'm allowed to swear i'm a bit of a swearer Well, oh, that's fine to say it, say it. <laughs> um yeah so i, I do that um i've just launched my own podcast with uh greg winfield who's also a comedian called sour and sweet and i do well, i don't know anything really but anything comedy related i'll generally give it a crack
0: why not yeah you, you never know what goes on comedy is such a diverse thing there's so many people things doing all sorts i mean you got cabaret comedy you got the black circuit you got the alternative circuit you got so many things haven't you
1: yeah exactly it keeps me nice and busy which is good it keeps me out of trouble
0: and so what, what when you were like a child or something were you always the funny one like was that that made you become a comedian and, and what was what was the story that led to you what did you go to the park and see a sign saying to do comedy what was it that right I'm going to give it a crack
1: yeah good questions I mean Yeah, I was definitely always quite a funny kid. I was also always a very dramatic kid. Uh, (laughs) I remember like being in the playground and I used to make up, I'd call them plays and I'd like gather other kids and I'd like make them be in my plays. And like, always very like dramatic, silly kid. Um, And then I just love stand-up comedy, been watching it, you know, for years and always, always thought, do you know what? I would love to do that. I'd love to give it a go. But I just had no idea how you get it. Like I just saw Russell Howard on the telly and Catherine Ryan on the telly. And I was like, well, I don't know how you go from nothing to being that or if there's anything in between. I had no idea. So um, I didn't try comedy until I was about 27,
0: oh. I
1: think. Yeah, because I just didn't know it was a thing, you know, and life gets in the way, you get a job, you got to work, you are in money, you're busy, whatever. And then I finally got round to it. Um, Funny enough, on a work Christmas party, like an office party at Christmas, Um, because I was telling somebody a story at this party and they were like, oh, you're so funny. You should be a comedian. And I'd had a few drinks. I was like, do you know what? I've always bloody wanted to be a comedian. I love comedy. I don't know how to do it. And uh, they were like, oh, well, you start off going to open mic nights. Like, it's obvious. There's loads in Bristol. And then I was like, how do you know this and it turned out this person my work had dabbled in a little bit of open mic night comedy and uh yeah I just thought you know what that's it that's my new year's my new year's resolution doing comedy so I asked them for some info when we were both sober next the next week at work again (laughs) and uh yeah he suggested some open mic nights and I went I did my thing and I saw snowballed from there I guess
0: and yes, you got that little laugh and you're like, Oh my god, give give me more.
1: Exactly that. I mean it was rubbish. I mean everyone's rubbish to begin with.
0: <laughs>
1: but I loved it and I still love it. And I'm just uh yeah. See where it all takes me.
0: You're like, Well isn't there a song or something? Um Oh no, that's the Life is the Highway song from uh that in the cars film. Like, oh yeah. Is that is that how you say life is?
1: I don't, what's the rest? I don't know that. Ooh, life is a highway. Da, da, oh, what's okay. the word? Yeah, go it. on, get up.
0: Uh, life is a highway. Cars. Can you hear it? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I'll take this. as a little bop. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess you just got to see where things go and just take opportunities as they come, Make the most of it.
0: And, yeah, well, I mean, like, you, you're on the Bristol scene. Like, all I know, you're like, you're going on a journey. Bristol's known for lots being a colourful area and, like, you're saying life is on a highway. Is that figuratively... <laughs> <laughs> or in in other ways to
1: What do you mean? I didn't understand your question.
0: Okay. So, I mean, what's it like being a comedian in Bristol? I know I've seen skins. I hear lots of things about Bristol. I hear it's a quite a good place to try lots of uh, recreational um chemicals.
1: really silly that's that's why there's a lot of comedians here because of that uh. <laughs> um no I mean I love it here I'm obviously biased because I am a born and bred Bristolian all my family live here and have for I don't know, even as far back into relatives like as I can remember or that I know of um but yeah the comedy scene's brilliant here there's so much going on there's a little bit of alternative comedy um there's funky little shows like I've got like you said the gong Show that I run. Um, and there's just tons, like there's so much comedy. You could go out any night of the week in Bristol and land on a comedy show. And the scene itself is really supportive. Um, like I gig all over the place, and I quite often meet get, uh, other acts from like London or the Midlands, and they're like, just I people from Bristol are mostly really cool and fun. Um, but also just always say nice things about the scene Obviously with anything like this it's competitive, but I feel like people really support each other and you know, if somebody on the scene does well, then mostly we're all happy for each other, you know, it's it's uh it's definitely a nice vibe.
0: Ah, and like what what's what's it what's it what's it like in terms of like I don't know if my name is Sicily and I wanted to I was a new comic in Bristol and I want to start from open mic to pro semi-pro to pro level how does it work like what are the how does this structure work and what are the main places in bristol
1: yeah so there's quite a lot of open mic nights um one of my favorites is called this next act uh, and that's on a sunday at kings That's kings Vault. vaults so that's run by uh greg winfield who is my podcast buddy uh and that's brilliant that's been going for a long time it was originally set up by an act called alex kitson who's also brilliant Um, And it's really nice, really supportive. You get quite a young studenty crowd who would generally want you to do well. So if I've got something that's like brand new, I don't even know if it's funny yet, I'll try and go there (laughs) because they're usually pretty cute about it. Um, That's lovely. There's Zed Alley. That's another really nice open mic night. And then there's loads of new material nights, really. Smoke and Mirrors is new material night on a Monday. Um, So it's not really for brand new acts, but once people get going a little bit, it's sort of a a step up. They can come and do 10 minutes there. And yeah, in a similar vein to that, you've got a night called Oppo, which is on a Wednesday. You've got Buffoon on a Thursday. You've got Comedy Down on a Wednesday. You've got Comedy Loft. You've got Comedy Below. (laughs) Um, There's Comedy Chest. Um, There's there's loads, absolute loads. And that's all sort of new materially midweek stuff. That's not even the big pro stuff uh, for weekends. There's just tons in the week and Friday nights.
0: So... I had a comedian on a podcast called Dave Thompson, and he was like, he used to be Tinky Winky until he was five.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. But he, yeah. Oh, he's from Bristol as well, isn't he? Yes. I forgot about that. Yes. Ah, you know, you know Dave Thompson.
1: I don't know him personally. I know of him. Uh, as soon as you said Tinky Winky, I was like, ah, the Tinky Winky guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I don't think uh, I've met him in person.
0: Oh, I've not met him in person yet, but I met him on here. But uh <laughs> he's he's a cool guy and he's um so he's in Hungary and the UK. He gigs in there and in here. It's in Hungary. One of the things that's quite interesting about it is you've got lots of criminals from all across the world going in there and seeing it as like a meetup pub.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> and they get tinky winky.
0: <laughs> of, of course. <laughs> You said that Bristol is like that in some ways and that you've got comedians from different scenes coming in quite a lot, is that right?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of Bristol and Bath-based acts who gig here regularly. But um, yeah, you definitely get a real a nice traffic of pro comedians and also newer comedians coming into the city from... I mean, you get loads of Welsh acts here, which is great. And then, yeah, you'll get people coming down from London or they'll come up from further south or whatever so yeah there's quite an influx of, of talent and there's definitely enough acts here and like in the surrounding areas that with all these gigs there's different lineups every night you know there's there's enough acts to fill the lineups if you like
0: yeah and is there like a rivalry with wales and bristol i know that you know, they come over the border and you gig there and then you go over and gig there as well
1: well the best thing is we don't have to pay to go over the bridge anymore because you used to have to pay like seven pounds to cross that bloody bridge um yeah so that's gone now and ever since then it's been wonderful harmony uh, <laughs> you quite often get car shares between Cardiff and Bristol I do a lot of stuff in Swansea uh and stuff like that so yeah I love the Welsh scene it's really cool I think it's got a similar vibe to Bristol as well like it's, it's fun and it's pretty friendly over there
0: What's a, what's a good comedy gig that I should try over there if i if I go in as a Londoner and say listen put me on?
1: <laughs> oh my God, you're with the top of my head now. Uh, Drones is a nice gig. I mean, I not think of the names, but there's so many brilliant acts out there in Wales. Like you've got Chris Chopping doing stuff. You've got Drew Taylor. You've got Chris Davies. Like those guys are all brilliant, and they run a lot of stuff. So I would, um, yeah, have a little Google and see what they're running at the moment. Obviously, they've got comedy, not comedy. Sorry, they've got the Glee Club. So, you know, it's be amazing to try and get a spot on that. I'm doing it later in the year, which will be really fun.
0: What, what's, what's, what's the style of comedy like? Is the Bristoni com- comedy similar to the Welsh? Like when you go over, is it the same sort of thing or do you have to adjust it a bit? In I For me know, you, personally,
1: like what I do there.
0: Or do you change your voice a bit to try and fit Welsh? Or...
1: No, I just, I, I'm <laughs> me wherever I go. <laughs> you know, once I turn up, you're stuck with what you're getting and that's the end of that. <laughs> Um, but I always find Welsh gigs uh, to be really fun. I I, I don't want to curse myself. I feel like I need to touch wood. But I think every Welsh gig I've had has just had such a good reception. I think generally Welsh audiences are really fun and they love comedy. Ah.
0: <clears throat> and what what so for someone that's from down south and like what's what's it what's what's a common misconception about Bristol and Wales apart from the other thing? Like what? What? What are things that are surprising about Bristol and Wales, and people should give a go? Or should I just say Bristol?
1: Um, well, I can definitely talk to you more about Bristol because that's what I know about more, um, and I'm sure you can get loads of Welsh acts on here. I would be happy to to give the hometown a boost. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do people think of Bristol? I think they probably think it's very uh, too cool for itself. Maybe they think it's a bit hipster. It's a bit. It's a bit bank, so but banks it's a bit too cool and like yeah there's cool parts of bristol but also there's a lot of very down-to-earth working class areas um there's a lot of very like up-and-coming grassroots art stuff music stuff so i would say yeah if you've got a stereotype of bristol it's probably generally irrelevant um well there's some people go the completely opposite way and they think we're all farmers riding tractors around so <laughs> it's not quite that either <laughs>
0: what's what's the truth in that statement what do you mean like it, it's it's is there part of bristol that is like that like maybe on the outskirts where like a very small section of it or is there
1: what for being farming
0: yeah is it what, what's, what's where did that come from or like what's the
1: where it came from I mean I guess yeah it's pretty countryside e around Bristol you've got Somerset and Wiltshire and all that and you know definitely parts of Wiltshire the accents much more like this and it is a lot of like you know rural farm work and that and I think people just uh maybe from like skins in little Britain just I think every accent is the same as that but some people it is like my my Mum is a lot more Bristolian than I am. Like, I've got a little twang, but my mum is literally like that, and I'm not even exaggerating in the sight as she talks. She's got such a rich Bristolian accent, and I actually kind of wish I had more of it because uh, I love it. I think it's so cute. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's
1: a... What's your favourite accent? Oh.
0: Regional. The, the
1: accent
0: that really does the tinky. No, not I was going to say tinky, but the, the the accent that really is the camoli that I really love is the, I'd say, I think I like the Irish, I like the French and I like the Spanish nice. accent. Oh, cool.
1: Very Good choices, good
0: choices. <clears throat> what about you? What, 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 what makes, what accent are you like? Oh my God, that is awesome.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, Irish is just cool, isn't it? Like I think, especially like a Northern Irish accent's really cool. Um, I mean, Geordie's fun. I love a Geordie. I, I, I like a bit of Sarah Millican, So, you know, that sort of northern vibe fits in well. So, yeah, there we go, Geordie and Northern Irish.
0: Ah, but yeah, if, if you had to pick one, which would you pick?
1: Um, Irish. Sorry, Sarah Milliken. You've been booted off the list.
0: Oh, that's, I'm going to tell a person. <laughs> 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 oh. What? <clears throat> so, what What is an interesting thing about Bristol that should someone try and find out about Bristol that no, people don't often know? And what's a unique Bristonian dish that sums up Bristol?
1: Oh, my God. Well, okay, did you know that Ribena was invented here? No. Yeah, Ribena, uh, invented in Bristol. Um, Cary Grant, Hollywood actor, born and bred Bristolian. You would never think that. Um, I was going to tell you. Obviously, we've got Banksy. Everyone knows about Banksy. And a classic Bristolian dish. I mean, you'd have whatever you have, it's got to have a pint of cider with it because that's just the Bristolian way. And then I would say you probably got to get a Miss Millie's, uh, which is a fried chicken place that I didn't know. I thought it was the same as KFC. I didn't know until I was like 20 that it's only a Bristol chain.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, I just thought it was, I literally thought it was like KFC. And then one day somebody was like, Danny, there's like three of them in the world and they're all in Bristol. <laughs> um, so yeah, that or a Clark's Pie. So we have, a, we have um, Clark's Pies are made here. They're a bit of a Bristolian favourite as well.
0: Ooh, I'm going to order one.
1: <laughs> do it.
0: Now, what's, what do you get it with chips or?
1: What, the Clark's Pie or the Miss Millies?
0: The Clark's Pies, both. Clark's pies. What, what yeah, what do you
1: I get? With we could each? do both. We could So Clark's pie just kind of comes on its own. So it's almost like a bit like a ginsters pasty, but like a million times better. So it's like a locally made um pie and they have little bakeries and all the things. Clark's pie is supply to all the bakeries. So you mostly find them dotted around wherever you go. Um so it just comes on its own. And then Miss Millie's, it's kind of the same sort of thing as KFC, really. You get your chips, you get your chicken, you get your um gravy obviously can't have it without gravy um they do baked beans corn and the cob coleslaw all the good stuff
0: oh wow oh my god well i mean the, the kfc now would actually disappoints the founder of kfc oh kfc he, is
1: rubbish now
0: yeah he said he said uh yeah there's lots of better chicken shops and i think the. It changed a lot from when he created it and then he actually yeah. went and up set up another restaurant which is originally how he wanted kfc to be but, oh
1: really oh i didn't know that what was the other restaurant another chicken place
0: I, i've forgotten the name but if you look at magnate media yeah how kfc was made it talks about it or maybe i could have a look now
1: interesting
0: so the colonel um after kfc it's called claudio saunders dinner house oh uh and it's in kentucky i love that and yeah magnet media very good they look at lots of different things they looked at like the rise and fall of netflix um and we talked about some other businesses that I've forgotten about, but yeah, they're one of my favourite ones. And I like Coffeezilla, where he, you know what, I'll give you a list of ones that I'm interested in. Coffeezilla, <laughs> he yeah. looks at a lot of cons that are going on. So he, he one of the recent people we examined was Logan Paul, on his crypto oh. scam, and how he scammed his, and he looks into that. And he got James Janney, who looks at like mega churches. He looks at um, the stock market. Uh, he looks at the like life coaches, and they're, they're both very good uh, sort of YouTube journalists, I'd say. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but that's yeah that that's <laughs> yeah. I, I got I sometimes have too much time on my hands. I don't know. <laughs>
1: You sound like you got into a
0: google hole with that <clears throat> but yeah i like those things i like to look at different things but yeah oh so thank you for telling me about the food that that sounds very interesting and th- does that in any way affect the bristol kind of humor and banter because i know in london the thing is on the tube we're from very busy and we're not necessarily as friendly as other parts of the uk i think People just have such busy lives and they just focus on what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I think Bristol's got his own sort of little vibe. Um, you know, we have things, a lot of acts talk about similar things that pop up. Like I guess when you get London acts, a lot of them talk about the Tube. You know, here we've got, ugh, all we've got is buses and they are rubbish, but everyone says Cheers Drive. You know, everyone always thanks the driver, but it's Cheers Drive. So that comes up a lot. People talk about, right, Cheers Drive. That's it. And it's so common. It's just like, Nearly everybody
0: says it. Ah. Cheers drive.
1: Cheers drive. I was like, cheers and a drink, and then driver, but cheers drive.
0: Oh, okay. Cheers drive. Cheers drive. Cheers, I'm going to copy that, and I'm going to use that in London. Cheers drive.
1: Yeah. So that when you eventually get around to... Have you kicked in Bristol? I'm assuming you haven't.
0: No. I went to the Smokes and Mirrors to do a Edinburgh workshop. Oh, cool. Like maybe saving it some money in the Fringe
1: nice okay cool well there you go next time you come you come and do a gig you can go get a miss millies and you've got to remember to say cheers drive when you got off the bus and you'll be set
0: okay and if i have a heart attack from trying both of those foods in the same day i'm going to blame you <laughs> <laughs>
1: you have a heart attack it's full of crispy fried goodness you'll be fine
0: oh did you make it yourself
1: <laughs> absolutely not
0: <laughs> that sounds good yeah, no, Bristol's Brist a place that I'd like to explore more. Uh, what so you've had quite an interesting, I looked up, did a bit of research on yourself and I found that you had some, you were interviewed in the BBC and...
1: Yeah, I was on the BBC politics show. Just very, felt very posh.
0: <laughs> oh. Posh.
1: I think so you know BBC politics it felt very you know grown up <laughs> I was surprised they wanted me on there because I was like oh really you want me to come on there and talk a load of rubbish with my slight Bristolian twang all right um uh, but yeah no it was good fun it was it was a good experience
0: did how did they email did you go on Facebook did they drop you a message did they Instagram message you or how
1: I think they got in touch by email I think um they were I think they would read. I wrote an article the Guardian, and I think they had seen that. And then they would found me somehow. Uh, might have been on my website or something.
0: Ah. and that that was quite an interesting interview because you mentioned about how like comedy has changed during the pandemic and like how things have adapted. And you mentioned one little incident where um, you said something, and then you mentioned something about a mark, and then he tried he got up on stage and
1: yeah yeah so I was hosting a gig and um, I was talking to a couple in the front row and the guy uh, you know standard stuff you ask people what they do for work blah, blah blah, and I asked him what he did for work and he said he worked uh, at a shop I can't remember what one it was but it was a clothing shop and I was like oh my god I think this top is from there because uh, I genuinely did I was like I'm pretty sure this is where I got it from um, and then he was just on stage with his hand at the back of my neck, sort of on my collar, pulling my top to try and look at the label, um, which was very weird. And yeah, it kind of made me jump because the lights were so bright, I couldn't really see much. And then all of a sudden, I just had this very, because I'm tiny, I'm like five foot one, and this bloke looming over me with his hand down the back of my top. And I was just like, what the fuck? So yeah, that kind of sparked me um, writing an article for the Guardian being like, behave people. Um and yeah, did a few interviews about that for the radio and, and BBC politics and stuff.
0: You mentioned that you think that Will Smith said, get my wife's name out your mouth, and then slapping Chris Rock has changed comedy.
1: <laughs> yeah, well I think I kind of mentioned it. I mean, I think it's I think things are getting to a normal pace, but at the time when this happened it was last year. And I think at that point in particular, We'd all, I think, people generally had a lot of pent up frustration and anger, and they'd been sat inside for so long before that, um, without entertainment. And I definitely think there was a period of time where people went hard, like they they wouldn't necessarily go out to a comedy club and have a couple of drinks. Some people would go out, get absolutely annihilated, and then turn up. And don't go wrong. Comedy's a bit like that anyway. You know, it's a fairly rowdy entertainment. I suppose, you know, because there's not the opera. You don't expect everyone to just be silent. You don't want them to be silent. You want them to laugh and have a good time. Um, but, yeah, it seemed like things got a bit crazy for a while. And then the Chris Rock thing, it was just like, oh, my God. Like, people would joke about that. But sometimes people are dumb and they do copy stuff. You would think you would never do that. But how many people have done, you know, stupid TikTok pranks and then got seriously hurt or, or you know, whatever? Um so yeah, who knows? It could have had an impact. Maybe it did.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, we'll see what happens. I know that, I mean, COVID's definitely changed comedy in some respects. I know that the sort of the scenes recovered across the world, like stand up, but I mean, it's there's still things still there from it.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, there are quite a lot of people who are only just getting out and about now. Like, you know, there are probably people out there who have been through COVID were shielding or they're vulnerable or or whatever. And, you know, when a big majority of people suddenly burst out last year and all the lockdowns are over, there's probably people who, for health reasons or mental health reasons, or anxiety are, you know, just taking those little steps back to normal now, all this time later. And that's, you know, that's understandable. It's fair enough.
0: And I think. I know that a lot of comedians hate this, but I think a lot of a few comics that I've chatted to on the podcast have said that zoom comedy is here to stay and Ooh. I've looked at it like with the comedy store when they do the gong show they always put it live on Facebook
1: oh do they what for free anybody can watch it
0: yeah it's, it's I can show you if you want
1: yeah, I didn't know they did that I mean that's cool because I think um that's really useful because there's also always going to be people who might have again mental health issues physical health issues accessibility issues or even just they might live far out and not have transport near them so i think that's amazing to be able to share comedy to people from their home because you know it should be accessible to everyone i reckon
0: yeah definitely and i think it's definitely it'd be interesting to see how many people who are watching this sort of thing are actually um at home and they can't they can't go and watch a comedy show so this is this is what they do whenever there's a gong show
1: oh cool and that's it <laughs> wow oh that's cool oh, i have to watch that sometime i love a gong show obviously i'm biased again to host one <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you do a thing, do you, what? so you just gong them off or do you give things in the crowd like most of them or you just watch it and you just?
1: Um, no, so we give, so Smoker and Mirrors is a comedy and a magic pub. So we have comedy a couple of nights a week, which I run uh, alongside Jesse Nixon, who um, is another amazing Bristolian comedian. And then the, they have a magic team who put on magic on other nights. So because of that, we call it Beat the Wand um, I give out ones, so the audience have ones, I give the I give out five and then I swap them around so I try and give everyone a fair turn and also it's not just all one person's power just in case they're somebody's mate or or enemy, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, and then they, they get the ones go up, uh, three out of five, they don't have to get all five, they just have to get three out of five ones and I gong them off. Oh. Goodbye. But if they make it all the way through, then um they go into the finale and we have like an audience cheer off for your favorite who did the best tonight and then they win 75 quid cash so it's pretty fun
0: that's quite a lot of money
1: yeah it's all right for five minutes whoa (laughs) you'll have to let me know if you want to come and have a go
0: oh 75 pound that's that sounds all right (laughs) (laughs) Uh. oh that's 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 cool did you do you enjoy it what did you enjoy did you Do you enjoy sometimes seeing people, seeing the banter between the comedians and the audience? I mean, sometimes it can be quite horrific at the comedy store. I know that uh, one lady, American lady, is doing quite well. And then she mentioned she had a boyfriend and they gonged her off.
1: Oh. (laughs) Um, Well, we haven't had anybody who I think about being mean. The people who got gonged off, I think they... I deserve to be gonged off oh and that's not me being mean that's me being like compared to the other people like some people go and smash it and but to be fair some people do it when they're really new so I don't think there's been any uh injustices served I think everyone's been pretty fair they're they're pretty reasonable I think um but yeah, it's really fun to host. And I try to make it fun. Like it is a obviously a gong show. It is brutal because you just get gonged off. But I always say to the audience when I'm, when I'm hosting or I'm warming them up, I'm like, look, it's like Britain's got talent, right? You can be Amanda Holden or you can be Simon Cowell, right? And when they're doing good, let them know, like laugh loudly, cheer them at the end, like give them a massive clap and a well done when they're if they're amazing. Uh, and if they're if they're not, then, well, never mind, gong them off. <laughs>
0: what do you what do you make of gong shows per se do you, do you do you do you set up where they get gong straight away or do you give them like a grace period
1: um, no i don't give them a grace period um yeah. i know some places do that but no we don't we just have a five minute timer so they've got to do their time and i make them finish i don't let them go over um either because sometimes people try and go on and finish off a joke and i'm like no no that's not fair because you can quickly get in some extra jokes you know, and it's only fair if everybody has the same amount of time. So I make them finish dead on five minutes. Um, and I also would try and get them to carry on. Sometimes people finish early and I'll, and I'll be like, well, you've got another 40 seconds. So do you want to carry on? <laughs> um, and that's quite funny. Um, but all in all, I think we've made it quite a quite a good challenging experience without it being horrific. Um, like a few people, we've had people come down from London to do whatever. And a lot of them have said they've they've really enjoyed it and it was worth the trip. It wasn't just terrifying it was it was
0: fun would you do the gong show in in the comedy store
1: yeah why not i mean i would do it i'll do anything i did funny enough i did smoke and there gong show before i hosted it so it used to be hosted by somebody else before before pandemic and then i took over um Mm. so i i can also host it and hold my hands up and say i've literally done this myself i've been there i've done it you know i know how you feel so it's it's good, but yeah, I want to get gigging in London more. I've done a couple recently and it's been really fun. So um, maybe you have to tell me which ones, which are the good ones to go up for.
0: Sure, I don't mind. I'll ask, ask around and I'll give you a list of some gigs.
1: Yeah, that'd be amazing. I did West End Comedy Club just for Christmas. That was really nice.
0: Oh, with Steve McLean?
1: Um, I don't think so. I can't remember. There's a, uh, a guy called Liam who booked me for it
0: um but yeah yeah no i i i think steve mclean is involved in that i know that he, he runs a comedy competition for oh, it. cool. and it's yeah he's quite a cool guy but yeah I that, that i heard you know, that place is an awesome place
1: yeah um, nice so there's one.
0: angel Vauxhall comedy club um but yeah so there's so many great nights in london I can tell you that non-bringer gigs, so you avoid that.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't want any... See, we don't have any of that in Bristol. There's no bringer, there's no stayer, there's no pay-to-play. There's, like, absolutely nothing like that here. <laughs> um, true, so, true. yeah, tell me tell me the best... You have to send me the best non-bringers, please.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll give you the list.
1: Amazing.
0: <laughs> now, with sort of comedy as a whole... How would you describe the characters that come to watch comedy and those that do it?
1: God, I mean, the audience varies. Like, obviously, place to place, you get, you know, certain socioeconomic backgrounds, depending on where you are. But I think you um, get a massive range. You get everybody from sort of 17, 18, all the way till they're in their late 70s, I guess. Um, So the audience is very varied, um, i say we're comedians, really. I guess we're all a little bit kooky in our own way that we put ourselves out there to be uh, judged and, and stared at and laughed at. You know, you say to most people, like, do you want to stand in front of a room of strangers and talk for 20 minutes? They'd be like, that's my worst nightmare. And then we're like, we love it, Woohoo! <laughs> so, there's something a bit uh, different about comedians, I think. I don't know what it is, but there's, there must be something.
0: I wouldn't, I, I think who would say that comedians are different to every thing else, but I, I think I wouldn't say they're too different from my experience of being with actors.
1: Right. Okay. How, how was that experience? With theatre like...
0: actors. So, well, the only the, the experience that I've had is often with goliath, and okay. I find a lot of the characters, I think they're a bit more formal and maybe a bit more politer Uh, comedians comedians can sometimes be be a bit more raw but I'd say in terms of the psychological makeup and like how they work and think I'd say they're quite similar in some respects
1: okay interesting I don't know many actors so I can't help you with
0: that one this is more polished than us than the comics that's that's what I'll say
1: yeah well I guess with an actor presumably you've been to drama school right so you've had some sort of formal training whereas you know with us i guess there's courses and books and podcasts and things but other than that it's just you go out and do it on your own you know there isn't any formal training really not like going to drama school for three years
0: it was uh yeah well they trained the the, the different some of the things with comedy because it's so live and raw um you've got to be in the moment and focus a bit more and you know sometimes be prepared for things not working whilst in in theatre they're very a lot of them like to be very prepared and very set up in advance and sometimes they'll be so fixated on things being a certain way and that with clowning you've got to be in the moment And that's, and I think to an extent with comedy as well, you've got to be in the situation in terms of having everything be a set certain way.
1: Yeah, totally. Because you've, you know, you've got to be able to go with the flow. You've got to react to stuff. Um, You know, obviously, if you're emceeing and doing crowd work, is completely improvised and very flexible. You've got to go with with what happens live in front of you. Um, But yeah, I mean, like when I very first started out, I was really, really fixated on having a particular plan. And I'd write it out like a script and I was really like fix on that. And then as soon as I started emceeing and I was like, right, I can't have a plan. This is crowd work. This is improv. This is just banter. I've got to make it up as I go along. It made me feel so much more relaxed being on stage that I then I still prepare a lot. Like, I think you've got to be prepared. You've got to do your homework and write your jokes. But I let go of having a plan and a schedule. and I just kind of leaned into it. I think it made me such a better comedian because I could then respond to things um, you know, it's just funny things and like, even if, like, I don't know, someone's phone because it was off, it always is funnier if the comedian reacts to it even if it's just a, a very basic remark it's just, I think, livens it up a bit like you've responded to it, whereas if you were to ignore it it probably makes you look like you're not very confident ah. so, yeah
0: Yeah you address it and say stop calling my agent Yeah is it my (laughs) mum oh sorry (laughs) mum yeah there
1: you go (laughs) so yeah I think it's yeah you're right I think it's very important to be flexible and and go with the flow as a comedian
0: one of the things that is I'm a bit irritated with at the moment when I'm hosting is that I do a lot of prep to try and get sharp before IMC Um, but when it goes I'm a bit annoyed that I'm not testing out jokes after it goes well. Because I'm worried about if the crowd work doesn't work, then I need to have jokes to prep it up in case in case it doesn't work. And I feel about if it's a future show, and I'm struggling with crowd work, which will occasionally happen, or if an act's not done well, I'll need to test extra jokes. And if I'm hosting a night every week, I can't use the same jokes. So I need to test out things to get the thing back inside.
1: Yeah,
0: but, it's a tricky balance. Getting it right, definitely. But it's fun. Now we've spoke a lot about comedy and different things. If there was one thing you could change about comedy, what would it be? Oh.
1: Less Nepo babies.
0: <laughs> less what babies.
1: Less, less Nepo babies.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, about all this, the nepotism, like how many all the Fleming comedians who have got rich, famous parents get rid of them, all of them <laughs> <That> <laughs> I'm delightful. only half joking uh, <laughs> uh, what would I change? I don't know, I would love there to be more of an of a even playing field actually for people who you know don't have the connections and the money behind them because it can be really expensive doing comedy. You know, even when you're getting paid, you buy your train, you pay for your train ticket and and your fuel and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know what the solution is, but I would love it to be more accessible to more people from different socioeconomic backgrounds and stuff like that. Um, Well, that's my Miss Universe answer. That was very, uh, I'd like to save the world, please. Um, (laughs) Oh. Yeah, other than that, I don't know I'm really excited about the world of comedy at the moment it's not perfect there are some you know issues in it for sure but I think it's moving along nicely and I think there's a lot of opportunities for new acts and up and coming acts and yeah it's it's fun it's exciting
0: right, yeah let's see what happens and I'm gonna do just do one little thing I need to soundboard for zoom clap okay i'll just do this oh I, I wanted to do a big thing at the end and go Whoa. there you go <laughs> oh, dear. that was such a smooth end wasn't it oh my god
1: <laughs> very very smooth <laughs> oh amazing was that it was that everything you wanted to ask me
0: no the, the only thing i would like to ask now is um what is what is the bit what is the quote you'd like to live the rest of your life by and how do people find out about you
1: oh my god a quote i would like to live the rest of my life by oh. as in like a, a famous quote from someone that i apply to myself or like something that i make up now what do you mean
0: let's make it a bit more interesting say let's what about yourself like what's what's something that you aspire to that you own
1: Oh my god! I don't know. I can't be so inspirational off the top of my head. You got to write these things down. Uh, <laughs> I would like to. I don't know. What? What? Give me an example. What's your? What quote would you? What quote would you live by? Or what quote would you like to share? And then maybe I'll think of one. <laughs> well, I,
0: um well, I can say um, one thing that I would. But I do like the way that you deflected the question. But, <laughs> I'll answer uh, no, it. No, no, i just
1: want the example. No, you, I'll, got, I'll... you know, as a host, you've got to be prepared to answer the questions you ask.
0: <laughs> okay. No, it's fine. Uh the biggest thing about so a guest that I'm interviewing later on, I hope, and I hope everything will confirm. He's called Rennie, and he is a former clown. And he helped me think about um but now he just does a regular job. But he was like with Cirque du Soleil, all these theatre shows. And he's been in it for ages, but he he helped put my mindset on like, stop fearing about what could happen in the future. Uh, Focus, have plans and all that, but like stop fearing the future and be careful about what you give your thoughts to. Because you give it power. I love
1: that. Okay, you've given me an idea now, you've made me—you've reminded me of one. Okay, so I'll give you a quote from, uh seems we already mentioned her earlier, the wonderful Sarah Milligan. And she said something in an interview or, or something a long time ago that I always think of and I think is really useful, um, which was she said she would only give herself until 11 o'clock the next morning to either be really happy or really pissed off with how the gig the night before went. So she's like, if you die... You're going to be upset about it, but do you know what? By 11 o'clock, get over it. You're done. On to the next one. Forget about it. It's in the past now. But equally, if you absolutely smash a gig, brilliant. Be happy for yourself, but by 11 o'clock, let your ego go and look for the next one and keep working hard. So I think that's quite good because I think it's a good way of being like, you shouldn't be too hard on yourself, but also, you know, stay humble and and, and have gratitude and and thankful and whatever that. So don't get carried away with either negative or positive. Just keep, Move in. so yeah i like that quote i think that's good advice as well
0: yeah it's a great bit of advice she's yeah and for anyone that's like listening now and they want to find out about you how do they find out about you on tinder on <laughs> telegram on whatsapp instagram facebook um... youtube where do they find out about you
1: oh my goodness they can find me uh, online I do not have a telegram or a fax machine or any dating apps I'm a very happily engaged lady just let your listeners know well, um, well, recently as well thank you ah. um <laughs> but I'm on all the social medias and my handle is the same on everything which is it's Danny Johns and yeah I have a website my website's got clips and, and bits and bobs and I do some voiceover work some of the examples of that are on there but um yeah otherwise always happy to have new followers. And, uh, yeah, connect with people who like like comedy.
0: So that's where you can find me. That's where you go, guys, if you want to find out about Danny, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you want to share with your friends, share, hopefully share with your friends, give us a five-star view on Amazon or iTunes. And hopefully I'll see you in the next episode. We've got some amazing guests. We've got a comedian from Scotland. We're going to talk to a clown in Cirque du Soleil. We're going to talk to a DJ and a comedy promoter. We've got so many different things. Take care, guys.